Welcome, we are, we are back, all of us, including me. Um, I always have this tendency of saying we, but there really only has ever been me. Uh, at one point there was, I was going, a friend of mine was going to co-host with me, but we're going to do like random, like her schedule was pretty busy, so it was only going to be like maybe once a month, once a fortnight kind of thing, but anyway, then she went to uni and then it just never worked, but um. It's only ever been me, but I always say we did this and we, but it's only, I'm only ever talking about myself. But hello, I am back and I am a day late. And the only reason I have no excuse apart from an echidna to blame for the reason why I'm uploading a day later. So my dog has such a thing for echidnas and he just, he, okay, so echidnas. I actually googled this before I started recording, is for our US peeps. It's like an anteater, but I don't, I didn't look, <laughs> this is how much, it was like 20 seconds of research. I don't know if anteaters in the US have like prickles on their back. So these, our echidnas have a lot of prickles on their back um, and they're, they're quite like, they're a decent thickness. So it's not like really thin prickles, they're quite thick. Anyway, my dog really has a thing for echidnas and he likes to pick them up and carry them around in his mouth while he has blood coming out of his mouth and his nose because he's tried to pick the thing up. So anyway, so last night he decides, it must have been about, it would have had to have been about 11 at night. I'm already had a good few hours of sleep by that stage. Um, he decides that he wanted to play with one. And so he starts barking and, and it's like a weird bark. It's like, anyway, so he starts barking and the way that my dog is wired up, that guy will not stop until the echidna is in his mouth. And sometimes when we catch him, like during the day, when we catch him trying to get an echidna, he'll pick the thing up and he'll bolt. Like he will run around our property. So we're on 25 acres. Um, so it's a big property. He'll just run off on us and we can't find him. Like we can't even keep up with him because he runs so fast with this massive echidna in his mouth. Anyway, so he decided last night that he wanted to play with one. And so he's barking, barking. So then I, I put on some shoes. I put on a, a headlight and I go looking for him to try and usually the only way to stop this whole ordeal is to get the echidna, put it in a bucket, drive down our road at whatever ridiculous time of the night and put the echidna somewhere else. The other option is we can lock, excuse me, we can lock him up. He has like a section that we've fenced off. It's a decent sized section. It's probably bigger than most suburban backyards. So we fenced that off and he gets put in there. The problem is, is the guy knows he'll just dig himself out from underneath and go under the fence. So usually the better option is to get the echidna. Anyway, we couldn't get the echidna. He managed to come back. I don't know how. So then we locked him up in the other fenced off area that we used to have for our other dog. And he can't dig. For some reason, he hasn't worked out that he can still dig himself out from that area, but because he just isn't in there very often he doesn't. 
So he came back. We decided, awesome, let's lock him up in this section. And then the guy howled all night because he wanted to obviously go get the echidna and he hadn't worked out. He could dig himself out from underneath. So anyway, so there was just a lot of... There was a lot of howling. There was a lot of stuff going on last night. And so I was like, I'm not getting up at 4.30 in the morning. I was so exhausted. I feel I'm getting to this age where if I don't get like my specific hours of sleep, like I'm just useless the next day. So yeah, I was like, no, I'm not getting up at 4.30 because by the time I finished trying to lock him up and everything, it was close to midnight. And then the guy starts doing his howling. Um, so I don't reckon I fell asleep until like one, maybe after one. I just don't check once I know it's, I've been up for a really long time. I stopped checking my, my phone to see what the time is because it just mentally messes with my head even more. If I, if I know I've gone to bed at two in the morning, I'm like, I'm definitely not going to function. It's really more a psychological thing than, um, because I didn't get enough sleep. But anyway, so that's why I'm here today (laughs) instead of Monday. Today we are going to talk about, see we, I don't know how much talking you're going to do, but I know on my end, I'm going to do a lot of talking, but it's not going to involve we, it's just going to involve me. Um, today I wanted to talk about body image, um, maybe like physical insecurities, like anything that has to do with like our appearance. And I guess working through that. Um, I really don't know. I've like, I've thought about, and to tell you the truth, this episode has been on my notes app. I would say at least, no, you know what? It's probably like two years, at least two years. Cause I, this, this idea was written before COVID. So I've had it sitting in there for a really long time. So, but there have just been some stuff that just has happened in the last two weeks, just dialogue that I've had with people, um, comments that people have been making that I'm just like, wow, I feel like I think it's time to to do this episode because, yeah, I'm, I'm just, there's just been so many people that have just been commenting about stuff relating to their physical appearance. And I was like, okay, you know what, let's, let's do it. So I don't really know where this thing's going to land. Um, all I know is that when I've worked through this and I must say, like, I worked through this quite a while ago, quite a few years ago, um, I still have to remind myself, but this is, I'm going to land at where I came. Um, and I hope that it's a blessing for you, or I hope that at least maybe it gives you an option of, um, yeah, where to, where to end up with, with whatever physical insecurities you have, um, in your life. So there are things that, okay, so I'm going to be really sensitive because I mean, I don't know. I I might talk as I had an eating disorder for about almost three years, um, in my late teens, but I don't know if I'm really going to talk about it because I don't know if I've really come to a resolution on that whole thing. Um, Apart from God has made me very aware of some stuff now at the moment. But anyway, so there may be some stuff that may be triggering for some people. I'm trying to be really sensitive to when stuff is triggering. But I, 
I'm probably not doing the best job at it. But anyway, um, so yeah, so I hope that this is helpful more than hurtful um, in wherever you find yourself. But um, yeah, I do. I'm very aware that physical appearance can be something that is very sensitive to people. So I don't want to be insensitive to where you're at. Um, and I'm going to share with you, I guess, where I've come to with regards to like weight and healthy weight and stuff like that. So again, I'm sensitive to the idea that, you know, everyone's weight loss goals or um, your idea of what <clears throat> a good weight is, is very different. And it may, and it may be very different to what mine is. So please don't feel like I'm just saying that everyone must think or come to the conclusion that I have come to. So that's my little disclaimer there, because I do want to be sensitive, especially when it comes to the idea of weight. Um, so when I was in primary school, in Hispanic culture, at least my Hispanic culture, and in the generation that I belong to, my, like, shaving your legs was just not a thing that you did. Like my family, we came to Australia and mom could not believe that girls put a man's razor, like um, like a shaver, to their legs and to their armpits, like and their underarms. Like mom was just like, shavers are for men's faces. So she was in complete shock at this idea of like shaving hair. Um, in our culture at least obviously for my generation and my mom's generation, everything was waxed. Like you waxed your legs, you waxed your eyebrows. Um, obviously they did use tweezers, but it's like you you removed the hair from the root. Like it was just everything was removed in a very permanent way. Like it wasn't just let me just shave my underarms or um, – yeah, so mom was in complete shock anyway. Come my grade seven graduation, by this point, I am dark skin and I have dark hair. So, and Latinos, I mean, I don't know, <laughs> I feel like we were just blessed with double the amount of um, body hair than what most people have. Anyway, so I had quite hairy legs, um, to just put it and <laughs> try and not make it as pretty as I can. So I had quite hairy legs and... Come grade seven, so I'm 12. By that stage, as I recall and try and remember this story, I feel like everyone had been shaving since like grade one. Um, it felt as though I had been, I've had, I'd had to have hairy legs for, it felt like six years by that point. But um, everyone had already been shaving their legs for I would say at least two years um and and here I am with my dark dark hair on my legs and lots of it I had enough to share um and I remember at one point I started getting teased and I was people used to call me tarantula until this day like I tell that story I don't know why I have no idea why but it actually doesn't it's not hurtful. Like, I don't know why I didn't let it get to me. Maybe I didn't get teased enough. Maybe people didn't pick on me that much. Maybe I just 
knew it was so out of my control. Maybe I knew one day I'm going to shave my legs and you guys are all going to stop calling me that. I don't know why. Like I honestly, it's, it's not that it's a positive memory, but it's, it's one of those things where teasing really didn't impact me in like a really negative way. But I will say till this day, like (laughs) people that know me well, I just do not care about leg hair. Like I have waxed all of my life. I have continued with that. And as a result, like it has really thinned out my leg hair. Um, And yeah, to the point where I'm like, sometimes I, (laughs) now everyone that knows me is going to be checking out my legs to see how long it's been since I waxed. Sometimes I will go like two months without waxing and I just don't care. Like I just do not care how long my leg hairs are. Um, but in saying that, because the hair is so thin, like most people have no idea, like you just can't even see the hair really well, unless you're like, you know, maybe like 50 centimeters away from my legs. But even then I don't care. Like, I just don't care. I get to a point where I'm like, okay, this is quite long. I, (laughs) okay, this is how well, this is how tight we are that I'm going to even tell you is I get to a point where I can feel the wind in my leg hair. And I'm like, okay, I think it's probably about time. Um, But I've looked at that whole scenario of like, I just don't care about my leg hair, even though I was teased. And even though like the kids were really mean, like it was like they used to pick on me a decent amount. I feel it was never enough to really, I don't know why it just never impacted me in a negative way. But anyway, till this day, I'm 37 and I do not care about my leg hair, where for some people I have noticed Things that they were teased about, they're very sensitive as they get older. Like it still lingers. So as a result, you know, if they were teased about, just pick some random things. If they were teased about their eyes or if they were teased about, I don't know, whatever. Like I don't want to put things out there. Um, Whatever they were teased about, like they're very conscious about it in their 20s, in their 30s. Like, It's something that becomes really sensitive for them, even in like their adult years. But for me, it's like the total opposite. To me, it's like, I do not care that I have not waxed in two months. Um, It doesn't bother me. And then I have one of my closest friends. um, So she's Kenyan. The girl has no arm hairs. She has no leg hairs. Like, I'm just like, I'm like, Fenella, like you have, like, it's so smooth in comparison to what I've obviously lived with my whole life. Like, this is so smooth. So she loves my leg hair. She thinks it's like so, so (laughs) attractive. And I'm like, Fenella, I don't know if that's actually what most people think about my leg hair, but that's cool. I'll take it from you. I'll, 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 like, great. Thanks, Vanilla. I appreciate the compliment on my hairy legs and she loves my hairy arms as well. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. So I think in case I wasn't, if I wasn't confident enough about my legs, leg hair as it is, I think Vanilla just <laughs> takes it to the next level with me. Um, but there are definitely things on the opposite. I have had one person, I mean, there's someone that's very close to me. So I, you know, I really value and I probably take things that they say to heart way more than anyone else. But there was one incident where this particular person made one comment about um, something about my appearance. 
And I have tell you, <laughs> I tell you, I'm 37 and I still have moments where that comment comes back to me and I just have to be like, no, like I'm not, I'm not dealing with that. Like I'm not going to let that make me feel a certain type of way. I'm not going to let that, you know, take me back to feeling super insecure about my appearance, whatever. So there still is things that I'm like, I'm, I'm not a rock. I'm like, it did, did, did impact me. Um, and so as I've worked through that, I feel I've come to a point, specifically with that com- with the comment that that person made, it's, it's very much about my physical appearance. It's definitely something that I, I sought to have thinking that that was what needed to happen like that was what I needed to work on however it was whether that was in relate to weight loss or whether that was in relating to exercise like there was just that I was like okay let me let me fix that let me let me not that let me not let that remain as it is and then I came to a point I just remember I don't know how it happened I don't know if I was watching to like listening to a TED talk or listening to some, I don't know how, but I just came to this realization that I'm like, this is who I am. And even though there may be alternatives to who I am in terms of my physical appearance, I was like, that's not me. One of the biggest things that has helped me with regards to understanding who I am, appreciating who I am, and being just appreciating myself and having more self-worth in regards to my physical insecurities has really just been accepting who I am, understanding that I'm not the other person. So let's say I don't have issues with my hair color, so I'm going to talk about my hair color because obviously that's not going to be something that I that I've really struggled with but let's say I always wanted blonde hair and I'm just saying blonde because it's the total opposite to my hair which is like a dark brown basically black like let's say I always wanted blonde hair if I got to the point where and I will say I was blonde at one time but I'm not even gonna tell you guys why I went blonde because it's yeah it's it involves other people so I don't want to go there but um I went blonde at one stage, but anyway, that wasn't, that's not what, it wasn't because I wanted to go blonde. Anyway, moving on. So let's say I was like, I always wanted blonde hair and I hate my black hair and my black hair looks so terrible and I just wish I had blonde hair and whatever. I just got to the point where I was like, but wait up. I wasn't born with blonde hair. Like that's not my color. And even, like, even, like, oh, I'm just, like, okay, there's just, like, such a depth of significance when we are discontent with who we are. I don't think that we understand that in the the very fact of being discontent with who we are, we are also then placing that discontentment on who God specifically made us. I remember I got to the point where, and it was, I think it was after I went blonde. I went blonde 
I really liked it. Honestly, I I think it, it looked okay. It looked very unnatural. Like, you could just tell, like, <laughs> this girl was not born blonde. It didn't look very natural. But I remember at one point when I went... And let me afraid, let me clarify. No one asked me to go blonde on top of that. So let me just put that one out there as well. No one told me to go blonde. No one asked me to go blonde. But when I went back to brown, I remember someone saying to me, wow... Like, honestly, you look great in, with brown hair. And in my head, I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, I was born with brown hair. You'd, you'd think that I would look better with brown because it's my natural color. There was a specific moment somewhere in that whole little journey of me having blonde hair and then going back to brown and whatever, where I came to realize I'm like, God gave me brown hair. God gave me brown eyes. God gave me olive skin. God made me short. God made me curvy. Like, I just realized every single thing about me was chosen by God. And God is always going to choose the best color. If someone is a blonde, guess who picked that color? If someone is a redhead, guess who picked that color? When I sat and really looked at everything about me on a physical level, I was like, this was picked by the creator of the universe, by the, the God that made the beauty of the flowers, that made the grandeur of the mountains. Like when I look at creation, like when I look at nature, I am just like astounded at the beauty of what God has made. But then when it comes to me, I will sit and pick at myself and think of like better ways of how I could look better and I could look prettier and I could look nicer and all that kind of stuff. And that's when it just really, I was like, no, you, God, you gave me this body shape. God, you gave me this skin tone. God, you, you picked this skin tone. You picked this shade of brown for my hair. And you picked the color of my eyes. You picked the shape of my lips. You picked the shape of my nose. Like, I, I realized who I am was a reflection of who God had chosen me to be. And at that point, I just really stopped being so critical of my appearance. I accepted a lot of things about my physical appearance and I stopped criticizing it because I realized in criticizing myself or desiring something other than who I am, I am indirectly criticizing God as well. Like I'm just devaluing the time that God spent in choosing me to look the way that I, that I looked. So that's one thing. At the same time, I want to be sensitive to the fact that there are some people who may not be confident in their appearance. Like, I am one of those people that I know I'm pretty. Like, I don't need people to convince me that I'm pretty. And not in a vain way. I just know very comfortably that uh, I'm pretty. Like, and it's not in, like, please don't take it in a way that, you know, oh, whatever, she's so vain, whatever. Um... So I'm very aware that there are people who just don't see themselves in that way. Um, whatever has been spoken over your life, whether you've experienced bullying for certain areas of your physical appearance, and then that has made you really take it to heart. Um, 
what I'm very aware of that but in that I still want to encourage you to be like God made you this way and regardless of what someone has said to you regardless of what people think of you regardless of how <clears throat> the world values appearance and how they determine who is pretty and who is not like I hope that you can find your worth in so much more than just what your nose looks like or how your ears sit or how your hair curls or it's flat or whatever. I hope that even in the very fact that you can't find the sweet spot regarding your physical appearance for whatever reason, I pray and hope that you can find your worth in something that is so much more valuable than appearance. There's a girl, so I can't remember her last name, but her name's Trudy. Um, a very pretty girl, like really, really pretty woman. Um, she did a lot of modeling. She like was, you know, one of those Instagram kind of girls that, you know, they could wake up in the morning and they just look stunning. Um, and she used to do like... I don't even know what kind of marathons there are, but crazy marathons like in the middle of the outback and it was like hours of marathon running. Anyway, she got caught up in a fire that happened during one of her racing events. Long story short, she ended up like all burnt up, like her whole body just ended up burnt and um, she, her face is all scarred up. I think if you guys Googled Trudy, um, fire survivor or marathon runner survives fire you'll find her actually let me let me find it for you now because it'll probably be easier if I find it um <laughs> maybe not see good thing I'm looking for you guys so that you can find Okay. I'm nearly there, guys. My Wi-Fi just drags everything out. Um, Trudy. Uh, oh, it's not Trudy. It's Taria Pitt. So T-U-R... I-A, and her last name is Pitt, P-I-T-T, and you check her out, and she has stuff on YouTube, and whatever, and she, she was in one of her, um, like, testimonies, or when she's retelling her story, she says, I had to come to a point where I realized my worth wasn't in my physical appearance anymore, because it had always been, she had always used her beauty um, and her physical appearance is the thing that gave her her worth. And now that she's so burnt, like her face, if you see her face, she's very burnt. She's like, I had to find who I was, find my worth and love myself for something that wasn't in my physical appearance. So I really want to invite anyone who's still struggling with a physical appearance because maybe you struggle to accept that God gave you what he gave you. Um, I pray that you can get to a point beyond that, um, that you can find worth in much more important things 
which is your character and the gifts that you have and how you treat people and how you contribute to your community and your society and your church. I pray that that is way more important for you than the physical stuff. And I pray that God can can take you to a place where that is where you find your worth. Um, but all right, so moving on with that, there was a particular conversation I had, and I don't want to give too much details to, to contextualize this conversation because I just want to be sensitive to the particular person that I had this conversation, but it was definitely a young person. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that this particular person is going through in terms of like development, like in terms of age, in terms of a lot of stuff. So um, they're quite young. And I remember having a conversation with them and I don't know what happened, but I just complimented them on the color of their hair. It's a, it's a stunning color. And I said to the person, I was like, oh, your hair is just beautiful. Like, I just love the color. And they replied to me, I hate it. And I was like, oh, I'm like, okay. And I'm like, how come? And they said to me, I just don't like it. I hate it. And I know this particular person well enough to know that there is probably nothing that this particular person likes about their physical appearance um so I know that that's where that comment is kind of coming from so I just continued the conversation and I said to them you know okay so what what color do you like and they told me the color that they liked and I was like okay I'm like I'm like (laughs) I threw out the do you know that God picked your color I'm like do you realize that that person has that color because God picked that color for them And when God had all the shades of color selected in front of him, you know, which color he picked for you? He picked this one because he said, this was the one that I want you to have. Still didn't convince them. I'm like, okay, let me keep going. I'm like, I'm like, you know what? Worst comes to worst. You know, there always comes a point where there's some things that you can change and there's some things that you can't change. But I'm like, I pray that instead of changing things, you just realize that everything was picked because it was the best for you. So we continue to have this conversation. And then I just said to this particular person as we continued and, you know, they said their comments and I, you know, I just sort of reassured them or gave them my opinion on, on whatever it was that they were saying. I said to him, you know, we have this, this idea of like plastic surgery where if I just can change this area and if I can just fix this and, um, I said, I've, I've heard many stories of women who have gone through procedures thinking that that was going to give them everything that they wanted in terms of their value. And it didn't, they did, it didn't fix how they felt about themselves. So um, I've heard many stories of men who have gone through procedures, who have, gone and worked out and became as you know as fit and as healthy as they wanted and but it didn't fix how they felt about themselves and I I just wanted to reassure them that even in some situations even when we change the things that we don't like about ourselves we still don't like ourselves because there's something that's way deeper that we don't like about ourselves that just isn't the physical it isn't the size of my waist or the size of my breasts or the size of my pecs or 
how how big my legs are and if I can get bigger calves like there's so much more to loving who God made us than just fixing the things that we don't like about what God gave us and as we sort of had that conversation I realized that this particular person at such a young age is struggling with some stuff that is so so heavy and in a level that I honestly I don't feel I've ever seen in any person that age I usually hear you know a random oh I don't like I wish I was taller or I'm too short. Like you'll hear one-offs, but this particular person, there's just like, it's a flood of discontentment. Um, And I don't know, I don't know this person well enough to really be like, I think it's because of this or I, you know, I don't even really need to know why. But I just, from what I observe, like there's just a lot of stuff that this particular person struggles with. So as I had that conversation with that person, Anyway, I went to church just this last week and the preacher there was speaking about um, shame and guilt and and different things that was associated to, um, I guess, the Christian journey, but I think also very relevant to, I think, stuff we just struggle with, whether we're Christian or not Christian, but how do we navigate that as a Christian? And at the end, um, this particular preacher sort of shared a little bit about their own personal um, experience and, and I guess an insecurity that they had or maybe something that has really affected them. And the particular person said that there was some shame associated to something that was specific to their physical appearance. And I just, as, as they were sharing, I just sat there and I was like, because I had this the conversation with this particular person already, I was, it was sort of still in my mind about like, God, how, how do I help this person in a way so that they can not keep dragging themselves down for things that it's like, you so can't, I mean, you can't change it, but I feel like I don't want to be like, that's, that's the answer. Well, you don't like your hair, go dye your hair, or you don't like your eyes, we'll go get contact lenses. Like, I didn't want that to be the solution for this particular person feeling like like they're worthy or like I mean for them to be seen as attractive like I just didn't want me to have to only give that as the option so when I listened to the preacher sharing about like their struggle and experiencing that struggle in their 30s and then coming to terms with it and finding peace about it in their like mid-30s I thought to myself I'm like man there's so much stuff that we carry in terms of our physical appearance and I have carried in terms of my physical appearance for years and I'm like I don't know I don't think it stops in your 30s I think for some of us we carry it into our 40s and our 50s and our 60s and our 70s and we still haven't come to terms with it we still haven't come to a place where We're able to just accept ourselves and accept who God made us. Now, I am very aware as well, like, let me not forget to mention this, I'm very aware that we live in a world that is sinful and we live in a world where um, God's creation isn't always reflected in the way that God intended it because we have, you know, different things that happen 
biologically we have different things that you know our parents sort of carry on and and they impact us as as we're you know conceived and then you know it plays out in the, for the rest of our lives so i'm aware also that as we sit with ourselves we may be victims to things that have come as a result of sin and so because of that you know we do have things that like a deformities and and we do have all that kind of stuff but i guess that that's on another level and that's where i get go back to um i'm gonna call it trudy again but it's not it's teria um we're gonna come back to that and be like there are things that my physical appearance are i'm gonna have to carry that through my 70s because it's the reality of something that has come as a result of living in a world that is not perfect so for those people you know please i pray that you can find your worth in something other than appearance but i'm very sensitive to the impact that your physical appearance may have on you um but i guess in those situations there's just we just have to fall back on the fact that we are here to be a blessing and to be blessed we are here for more than just the physical appearance we're here for more than just people telling us that we look a certain type of way or getting compliments because we are whatever we are um yeah and then i mean the only thing i wanted to talk about or that i felt impressed to talk about and that's something that i've come to that as i've worked through it i've just with regards to like weight um i think we have to be very sensitive like at the moment like for those of who have listened to the episodes where i've talked about it i am currently i cannot remember being this heavy <laughs> apart from when i was like quite overweight oh hold on let me mute my music here so my outro music wasn't muted so it's turned on um so i can't remember at the last time i was this heavy so I've probably gained 10 kilos since 2018. And this was, <laughs> it's not a COVID weight gain. This is just a mental, emotional weight gain. But anyway, so I was having another conversation with someone else who's, who's a listener. So if you're listening, I'm going to talk about our conversation, but I ain't going to let anyone know who you are. Um, we're having a conversation about like weight and exercise and healthy eating and all that kind of stuff and I mentioned to this particular person I said to him look for me personally I know for myself what I'm capable of in terms of like my fitness level so I think it's very important we can emphasize a lot on like being skinny let's just say being skinny but if you're not fit like if you're skinny but you can't run like if you're skinny but can't lift certain weight, like I feel there's there's a point where being skinny isn't necessarily a reflection of being healthy, if that makes sense. Um, so for me, I my goal my goal is to be ten kilos lighter, and I know that when I am ten kilos lighter, I am at my fittest. So they're very closely connected. Um, I can, I'm not the kind of person that can just not eat. So I lose weight. Like for me to lose weight, I have to be working out. And so because there is just that, di that 
direct connection between the two. When I'm at my skinniest, I am simultaneously my fittest. So for me, like I know when I get these 10 kilos off, I will be looking skinny, but I will be fit as well. It's not going to be just one or the other. Um, And for me also, when I work out, like I don't just, oh, I'm going to go for like a one hour quick walk like that's just not me like I work out like like a beast like I love when I work out man when I work out I traumatize myself and then don't want to work out the next day like that's how that's how I like to work out so for me by default if I am working out and working out to the level that I work out to the the level that I enjoy working out I'm going to lose weight like I'm just it's it's going to happen now the problem I have now so So I guess all I will say with regards to weight, I believe there is a healthy weight and I believe that there is a goal weight. So I'm, even with the the 10 kilos over, like I look okay. Like I don't look fat. I don't look, I I mean, whatever. I I still look nice. Um, Some people will probably look at me and they'll be like, actually, I would, when I went to the gym and so the personal trainer was like, so you get a free session with a personal trainer for your first, like, like you get a free first session with a personal trainer. Anyway, so she was like, oh, you know, what are your goals? Blah, blah, blah. And so I told her I want to lose weight. She's like, I can't see you losing 10 kilos. Like, you do not want to lose 10 kilos. You look really good. Like, she's like, you're very much, like, you're already <clears throat> have a great muscle composition. So she's like, honestly, like, I don't know why you want to lose 10 kilos. Um, so I don't look overweight. I don't look bad. I think people that knew me when I was 10 kilos lighter, usually all be like, oh, she's gotten a little bit chunky around the edges. Um, but even then, like, I don't look bad. So my ideal weight is 10 kilos lighter, but I'm still at a healthy weight. Like I still look healthy. I'm still healthy. Um, but for me, I know what I'm capable of. And so that's why I'm going for my goal weight regardless of the fact that I'm still in a healthy weight range. Um, so I believe like for for me, it will always be based on my goal weight, regardless of whether it's a healthy weight. Now, keeping all that in, in like context, even with 10 kilos less, I'm still a healthy weight. So I don't want people to think, oh, well, you know, if a healthy weight is this amount, then I'm just going to lose weight for my ideal weight and then be like anorexic or be at a point where you just you're not fit and healthy um and again that's why I make that connection between I think it's very important to be ideal weight healthy weight and fit like if you push yourself to a point where you're actually not healthy I don't think that that's God's ideal either um yeah so that's I guess that's all I really want to say with regards to weight is that I found a point in my life where my healthy weight will automatically be my ideal weight because I will be most active in trying to get that ideal weight my goal weight um and then obviously there's a lot of factors that you have to take into consideration as well so for me like let me be like super honest with you all so for me, like, <clears throat> this is going to be such a long episode. Sorry, but we're just chilling a lot together for this episode because there's a lot to say. Um, so for me, like, I have polycystic ovaries, which is actually quite common. So it's not like it's like, a, 
whatever it's, it's quite common in in um, women so it basically means i just have cysts around my ovaries which is a reflection of my hormones which means i have more testosterone for me specifically when i had my test i have more specific i have more testosterone than um, estrogen and that's causing the unbalance and that's causing the cysts on my ovaries now one of the symptoms um or the side effects of having that is that you have weight gain, you have a lot of fat around the belly area, you can have severe hair loss, you can have excessive hair. I'm already a Latina, so I've got like even more hair. Um, my mustache has just, it's looking a bit more like a mustache already. Um, no, it's not that bad. I remember when I got diagnosed. Um, we were reading through like the symptoms of having pox and anyway one of those is like you get more facial hair so I remember um, my best friend she says to Stevie she's like so what are you gonna do when her beard is like bigger like longer and thicker than yours and we just laughed because I'm like as Latino girls like we already tend to have facial hair as it is so we don't need any more but anyway um, so because of that because I have this like whatever disease I don't know what do you want to call it because I have the over the cysts on the ovaries as it is my body already isn't at its best so because my eating hasn't been the healthiest and again like it's not that bad but it's not I'm eating more bread than like we used to never even buy bread like that's how we used to eat now I buy bread every week anyway so because my diet isn't the best, I'm seeing the symptoms of this pox, the polycystic ovaries. I'm seeing it even more. Like I'm just struggling to lose weight. Um, my belly has always been very flat, minimal fat. Um, and now I'm like, oh, there's like a lot of rolls there. So anyway, so I will say though that again, I think we will struggle to be like at our at our healthy weight or our ideal weight if we're not eating the best. And so I've been going to the gym every day, being really intentional about making sure that my workouts are really intense, but I'm still eating like terribly. I'm still eating things that I shouldn't be eating. So I'm, I'm transitioning now to this stage where it's like, okay, my exercise is where I want it to be. Um, I'm committed to that and I'm enjoying it. Now I just need to do the same with the food because I will still struggle with a lot of the symptoms of these pox thing while I'm working out. Like you get women who have this, who are working out, eating healthy, and they still just can't lose the weight because we just start holding on a lot more fat. Anyway, so I'm very, I'm very aware of that and I'm trying to be very intentional about trying to choose to eat better so that my body is reflective of where I would like to be, of what my goal is. Okay, done with that. Okay, and I'll just touch on that. So I was bulimic for like three years. It would have been, I reckon it was when I was probably 17, maybe 16 through to like my early 20s I'm gonna say from 16 till about 19 because I feel like after we got married I stopped or it got less anyway so I was bulimic and 
the reason why I was bulimic, I'm totally honest with you, is just I love food. I love food, but I don't like being overweight. So it just ended up being the solution for not having to deal with the fact that I just eat too much. And now with what I'm going through at this stage, I've realized that has really come a full circle where I'm like, okay, this is why I was bulimic. The struggles that I'm having now with food, which I have not had, I will be totally honest, since we went vegan, um, actually since we went vegetarian, when we went vegetarian and when we went vegan, I feel like there was... It limited and restricted us to the point where, oh, well, the only thing I can eat is another carrot. So I'm like, hmm, we're not going to bother with that. Um, so now, like, honestly, this, my whole, like, eating disorder has really become a little bit loud <laughs> um, at the moment because I'm getting frustrated with the idea of I'm working out, but I can't control what I'm eating Therefore, I feel I'm back at this same place where I was in my late teens where I want to be skinnier, but I don't want to stop eating. So the only solution is to just go back to an eating disorder. In saying that, not that I want to go back. It hasn't, I haven't been like, oh, I want to go and vomit or, or do all that kind of stuff. It hasn't been like that. But what it has done, it has reminded me of why I was bulimic, um, And God has really been like just inviting me like Catalina, like just start building that, that will muscle, just say no to, um, sea salt chips, (laughs) just say no to a potato scallop from the, from the petrol station. Like God's really inviting me back to just being okay with saying no to having another piece of bread. Um, so that's that's what God has done. That's what that's what the bulimia looks like now in this stage of me trying to get back to being healthy and all that kind of stuff. God's like, this is why we need temperance. This is why self control is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit because we need it on so many levels, um, and it's crucial for us in order to really combat anything that is like a weakness. Like, trust me, when I go thrifting. I'm like, all right, self-control, let's go. Um, so there's definitely areas that, yeah, I feel like my my the presence of my eating disorder in terms of what I had, which was I was bulimic, was I didn't want to have to have self-control. I wanted to eat and not gain weight. And I wanted to eat whatever I want and not gain weight. Um, and so that's why I ended up being... Uh, that's why I ended up doing what I ended up doing for so long um but that's not the solution like the 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 real solution the one that is empowering the one that is liberating and the one that doesn't cause you to have you know like I have I still till this day have um yeah there's stuff that has impacted me because like my digestion is terrible because I was bulimic for the four years. Like I like my I just do not process food. Like it just sits in my stomach for really long. Um I can literally make myself vomit instantly because I've just cultivated this ability to vomit real quickly. Um so anyway, 
my teeth, I've got issues with my teeth. Anyway, so whatever. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, I carry because of the decisions that I made in those years. So that's not the ideal. That's not um, any eating disorder is not the ideal. God has us. God has something so much better. Um, And it doesn't come with all the side effects. It doesn't come with the consequences that the alternative options, the deceitful alternative options come with. Um, So I think that's it, guys. Like, I think that was all that I needed to cover. But yeah, I just pray that you can come firstly to a place where you accept that God made you. Um, You accept that there is worth in you that is so much more valuable than physical appearance. Um, I pray that you find your worth in who you are as a person, as a human, in a world that is like full of, what is it, 7 billion people. Like I, I pray that you can see the importance of your role in this world, um, of the purpose that God had for you amongst 7 billion. It's got to be more. How many of you? Let me, let me Google that before I keep saying figure that. Could it be 7 trillion? Are we up to there? Maybe not. Okay. Let's see if I made a total fool out of myself. I know, whew, 7.6 billion in 2019. Um, please, like, please focus on that. Focus on the beauty of your existence. And in addition to that, I pray that you can work through the impact that society has on giving you your worth regarding your physical appearance i pray that you can come to a place where you can see that god handcrafted you god had every shade of hair color to pick from but he picked yours he had every he could have made you you know a foot taller or a foot shorter but he gave you the height that he picked um He could have made you curvy, but he chose not to. He could have made you skinny, but he chose to make you curvy. Like, please understand that the individuality of who you are is a reflection of the individuality that God gave you. Like every little bit he knitted himself in your mother's womb. So please value that, treasure that. Um, Yeah, don't downplay. Don't, Don't downplay who God made you physically but more importantly like the heart that he gave you the character um the gifts that he gave you and if you're in a position where like i said you don't uh, see yourself as pretty or people have not told you that you're pretty uh, maybe you don't feel that you're handsome that you're attractive Uh, maybe you have things that you feel that impact you because of that I just pray, I pray that God can help you to refocus all that attention into the beauty and the attractiveness of your character, um, of who God has made you and who God can make you as you continue to reflect on who he is and model who he is. All right, let me, let me finish. 
All right, so until next week, my prayer, my hope, and my desire, stay warm in God's love. They stay cool for Jesus' name. And may the Holy Spirit just constantly remind you of the beauty of your existence, of the fact that you're living in this world because God wanted you to be in this world. Not only to bless people outwardly, physically, but to bless people because you're here. You're here and God has given you so much to give to people that is worth so much more than the physical. Um, Yeah. All right. I'll chat with you next week. See ya.